Making episodes of the podcast means that I get to move around a lot. So I always dress for comfort and I'm in sneakers 99% of the time. Now, if there's one thing that can ruin my day, it's walking around in a dirty pair of sneakers, which is why the Schwipe sneaker cleaner is a lifesaver for me. It literally only takes a few minutes to clean a pair and it's eco-friendly so it doesn't ruin the fabric of my shoes. Now, the good people at Stripe are giving the Made Here podcast listeners 10% of their purchases when they use the code MADE during checkout on the website. That's M-A-D-E and the website is Stripe.com. That's S-H-W-Y-P-E.com. Go get it. Like sometimes when we are talking to each other, we, we sort of speak in this person's character because this guy is such a, the, the person is such a, a funny character. So the person who actually does regularly is actually not, he's actually impersonating a character. Do you understand? That's how deep Gilly mm. is. So regularly mm. just added his own, like like he added his own flair and everything to it. But like in terms of the way we speak, like, yeah, I have fun out. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the persona. There's somebody who actually speaks like that. This guy. <laughs> you know, he was actually a legend in the street, so. Hello everyone and welcome to the Made Here podcast. My name is Kilo and today I have someone who's literally impossible to find. Mide Ayeni, popularly known as Ghost and one half of the rap duo Shodem Camp, grants us very rare access to his world and we talk about everything from life and family to music and business plus all that's made his journey what it is. I've enjoyed speaking to every one of my guests but this was special. So as usual, without further ado, let's get into it. Growing up for me was was pretty cool, man. As in, I I lived with my mom, you know. My uh, my father was in the states, and uh, they were separated at the time. Well, that's as long as I know for sure. No, sure. I was born in uh, I was born in England, and then but we moved to Nigeria. My mom she didn't want to live in America apparently. So I'm like, mom, <laughs> looking back in eyes, like two man. Anyways. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I was um, I'm, I'm, I didn't have any brothers or sisters. I'm an only child, and okay, um, yeah. But um, I had these um, cousins who I was close to, Tandy and David, who were like my brothers, and another guy called another cousin of mine, Sean. So those were like my my brothers, and my mom. She always kept family members around the house, you know, cousins, nephews, you know, from this is always coming around the house. So growing up was pretty lively for me. Grew up in Ikeja. You know, I went to school in uh, Grange. I always loved basketball, music. I always loved music. Like my 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 cousins David and Tandy, these guys I was telling you about. We we all like were huge hip hop fans. But basketball was definitely my first love. That's the first thing I ever was like, oh my god, I want to be a basketball player. I mean, when I saw something, I was like, okay, this is what I want to be. My pops he bought me a hoop. In fact, before he pop bought me a hoop, I made a basketball hoop out of. You know those old pots, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pots. I made a basketball hoop, and yeah, my even my cousins <laughs> both made basketball hoops. But then um later on in life, later on, like when I grew up a bit old, that's when I got into hip hop more. You know, I always mm. loved but basketball was definitely my first love. So growing up for me, my mind it was just um, basically me, my momsy, and occasionally you know cousins coming around to live with me, man. So I I I, I, I got very used to my own company. Man. That's what that's so that's what that's probably where all this privacy comes from because I'm used to being on my own man, like entertaining myself. So you fell in love with basketball before hip hop, like. But at what age did you like discover hip hop, or like, at what age did you um, fall in love with hip hop? Can you remember? Um, I mean, I fell in love with hip hop. Basketball and hip hop were intertwined, you understand. But I had mm. more passion for basketball at the time. I remember, like, like I said, that's what. My aspiration was at a young age. My popsy wanted me to go for this camp, a Danny Manning camp, in the states. When I went to go and visit him in the summer, and um, you know, some guys thought I would be really good at, you know, basketball, and thought that I'd, um, I'd make it. But my popsy didn't want me to to move to the states at all. I think I think it was actually during my high school years. I, I, mean, I moved I moved to England for high school. 
at um, after GSS3. So um, I moved there and I started um, playing basketball again, you know, because I used to play with my cousins a lot over here, you know, Syrian club, Ivory, mm. Police College, you know, all these places that you have to, if you want to be a baller in Nigeria, you have to go to, to in order to. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I was young then, you know, um, there was an uncle of mine who always used to take me to um, Air Force Base to play ball. You hear me? So that's where, like, so ball was definitely a thing for me, but it's not until I moved to um, England I got, I think, ready to die. I think if I mm-hmm. want, if I want to remember correctly, I think I was ready to die. And I was like, wow, bro, I need mm-hmm. to be on this P. I mean, but before then, you know, I always I was like, you know, a, a lot of people might not know this because I'm going to expose my age. But always, you know, dad's effects, meth, Wu-Tang, mm-hmm. you know, that was all my shit. But when I when um when I heard Biggie Born um, Ready to Die album. You know, I was like, man, this is amazing. I, I, I want to be a rapper. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you hear me? So, yeah. that was my thing, bro. But that time, mm-hmm. obviously, it was always first, first education, you know, nothing. I don't want to hear all this basketball, rapping, nothing. Nah, these guys, face your books. Yeah. So I can't remember the so, um, age, but probably like 14, you know. On the track I referenced earlier, um, once upon a time, like, um, you talked about, you know, um, promising your mom you're going to graduate, yeah. right? So, um, so, so, uh, okay, let me let me start. So I went to um, I started off in Coventry University after A levels. I went to Coventry mm. University, and that zone. I started off doing law because um, you know that's what my mom really wanted for me because like uh, a family of lawyers. But mm. I didn't really want to do it, but I did it anyways. I did the first year and I dropped out. I did Yana. You understand? So I dropped out and then I was just like, um, you know, recording, you know, hanging around with guys, going to parties and stuff like that. So when she found out about stuff, she was like really mad pissed about it. So, um, and also, she, my mother fell ill at that, at that, around that period of time. So, um, you know, I, I made that promise to her that, you know, especially now that, you know, we know things things might not I mean, we know like you know these are life and death situations like uh, I know this is what you want from me so I made sure mm-hmm. that I went back in school because I was even thinking about dropping out of school completely yeah, me, but, um, yeah she was like I told her that I'd do that and then from then on I, you know I could pursue anything else I wanted and that was what, mm-hmm. and, um, that was you know what I referenced in the song you know okay mm. but I graduated from um, uh, a university called American Intercontinental University which is um was supposed to be based in um Atlanta, but I moved back to the um London campus, which is in Baker Street. So graduated from there. At least finally gave them international business and marketing as my as a degree. Handed her what handed her what she wanted and went to ba- back to the bars, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I remember, like, uh, I was talking to Tech, I was talking to Wale, um, and I remember he told me the story about um, how you guys met. You know, you guys had the same rap name, yeah. in, uh, you know, in, in uni. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so can, can you tell me your own version of that whole golden I'm sure track he, story? I'm sure he said that he won the battle, have No, no, he was, he was, I think he was, he, he tried to be very sincere. He said he... He ran out of bars, right? He ran out of uh, <laughs> verses. So he started uh, he started giving you guys um, some unreleased shine verses. And, yeah, man. You, you know. know. find out later, man. My guy from P. My guy from P. Um, like, he was playing. So like, ah, take that. Come. Listen to this song now, this guy. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I was in the year, I was, I was, I was in the year above tech. You understand? So... Um, by the time Tech came to the uh, to campus, I like I had, you know, like I did a little bit of rapping. There's another guy as well, like that didn't go to the same uni as us, but we rapped with called Lucci. And Lucci was like one of the first people to um I think if not the first out of all of us, like to like take the rapping and then go, actually go to a studio and record his song and release it for boys and all that. Mm. So like he was like so everybody was like, Yeah, this guy, we know he can rap, but you need to take it to this level and everything. So and Tech was like um, the year below me, and um, he came up with his name Golden. He had his name Golden Child, and I had the same name. And everybody was like, the pressure of you know that peer pressure. You guys have to battle, blah blah blah. Like, yeah, I don't want to kill this guy now. You know, you guys are fronting. <laughs> kill this guy. Don't worry. 
that guy to take to was like, man, yeah, let's do it, man, you know. And because I was like, I had been in uni a year, like I had more people to um sort of, like more people knew who I was, you understand, mm. in terms of rapping and everything. But um, so we actually did it in, we actually did a battle at my at my crib. Like it, there were like goons, like we simulated. <laughs> yeah, it was basically like mm. eight mile setting, bro. Like, there were like 50 guys in like a three bedroom zone. You hear me? Like, drinks, you know, narcotics, all these guys all over the zone. And then, you understand? So it was long. It was like, I think it was like 10 bouts or something like that, bro. I can't even remember. But just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But me, I already had like stacks of stacks. Because I've been like stacks and stacks of bars. And then you didn't really. It wasn't really about um, rapping to this the other person or anything. You just used to rap to showcase skill. You understand? Mm-hmm. So you write you and then, and, and, but it would help if you could rap, rap to this the person. You so that's yeah. why when Wally ran out of bars that were like that would be going at me, you know, I started giving them shine bars because it wasn't really, <laughs> because otherwise they would have killed like that. This guy, come on, I'm not even talking about ghosts. But you know, it was much. Yeah, yeah we, we had a battle, but after that. You know, I, I was actually still rapping, like, sort of solo, you know, um, to do my thing, kind of solo. And um, I was a, guy, a friend of ours called Cobain, God rest in, rest in peace, who mm-hmm. Tech and um, another guy, one of our friends called Tena Taka, or his name is Tena, but we call him Taka. Uh, he was in, um, they were in a group together called COV and uh, mm-hmm. Champions of Versatility. Yeah, <laughs> mm. so they had their own group and everything. I was still doing my stuff, on it. I was I was running with these other guys called um, Nicky Nelson, who was another rapper who who um like I really took a um a liking to, like you know, he was like a yeah. hoof me, and he's the one to push me to um you know try and step my pen game up as well. So I was running with him as well. So yeah, until I decided to like join alliances finally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So, like, uh, at what point did did um, your name change from Golden Child to Ghost? And like, you know, bro. Um, to be honest, that was a nickname that I, I want to say like the streets gave me because that's what, mm. like that, like that is just was just my P. Like I used to just turn up at things. Like they'll like, be invited and everyone, like all the guys would be there and everything, and they'll be wondering where I was. And then all of a sudden, like I'm in the club. And I yeah. boost your way, you know. So it just became like a nickname, you know, for like for things I did. And I just adopted it into a rap name. But mm-hmm. then, I mean, I, by that, at the time, I was really skeptical about changing my name because, the, you know, Styles P had a name, Styles P the Ghost. But uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to um, bite the name. But I just felt like, you know, mm. yeah, that's the since the name is Styles P, really, you know, <laughs> Ghost yeah. work for me, man. Let me just adopt that one. And that was just generally my nature. That wasn't um, anything special. It was just my nature. Like, I just used to ghost. And people used to ask me whether I was related to babes. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. Okay. That's where I came up with the name. I think we are... But in terms of... Yeah, yeah. Personally, that's the, that's the only other name I ever picked, I think. Um, Gold mm. Adam Ghost. Those were the only names I picked. Well, I, I think I've tried... I tried um, another one, but I never, I never, I, I like Midas because my name is Bide. I like the my, I take that I was like this guy chill Midas. <laughs> 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 so yeah, never, I don't think I ever picked any other name like to represent myself. But I always thought about you know having another alias or something, but nah, I stuck with Ghost. Nah, there's only one Ghost, man. Yeah. Um, okay, so. So, uh, so moving forward a bit. So, you bag your um, your degree from uni, and um, what was the next thing? Like, did you was that when you decided to move back to Nigeria? No, I was what still I next? was still in Jan, you know, side gigs, side job. I worked in an architectural firm, worked with my stepfather, been working in a marketing company for a little bit. But then those were all like, you know, the were some of the the only thing that was nine to five was the architectural job. Everything else was like. Uh, you know, like in England, you always have the option of, you know, working, picking some hours, you like work night shift. I mean, I've worked some crazy kind of jobs, man. I've worked in a mortuary before. But the pay, oh, was, wow. really, yeah, but the pay was really good, though. You hear me? But um, 
I worked I worked so like, kind of gigs as on on, on, wow. on you know, just to to get grow up get grow up. But luckily while I was in Japan I was um I had people to stay with that I didn't have to pay rent with. So like a lot of that mm. some of my friends like this guy for sure today and um I stayed with my um my my mother got remarried. So I stayed with my step okay. Pepsi in South London for a long for a bit, a few years, you know. So after you I was like sort of I didn't have to worry about rent as much, you get me? So I was that gave me the leeway to like still keep rapping and, you know, you know, just making ends meet to like so to feed myself, you get me. Mm. But um at the end of the day, like when uh Momsi got ill, that's when I moved back. You know, like um mm, okay. I moved back when Momsi, Momsi got when she passed, and you know, I had to take okay. business at home, man. Okay. So you moved back to Nigeria, like um, did you start no. working in Nigeria or? Well, well, when I moved back to Nigeria, I um started um, you know, just feeling my way through what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what year was this, bro? This guy, these all these things are blurry in my brain. I don't, I can't give you that. <laughs> um, I, I think I moved back in 06. Yeah, okay. 06, yeah, that's when, yeah. So, 06, I've been here. I never moved out. I remember it was a period that I had not left Nigeria for like six years. Like, not moved out. Like, this guy, your brain must be fried right now. But anyway, sure. <laughs> I was there. I, I moved back in 06. So when I moved back, I was just trying to feel my way through a um, bunch of things. I, I, I mean, I definitely wasn't trying to do a regular nine to five because that was never like my thing. But I knew, I know that in Nigeria, that you know, there's no way of really doing you know gigs where you can just make quick money and then just you know yeah re up again. So you had to do either a nine to five or it was contract. So so I spent a lot of time like looking for contracts, right, helping to write proposals, all this kind of nonsense that, you know, boys that move back to Nigeria think that you can just enter oil and gas and all this kind of stuff mm. sharply. And I was, I was one of those guys. <laughs> but um, eventually, my um, one of my close friends, my, my childhood friend, Coffee Luke, started this um, business and um, he came up with the idea of doing, like, touring, you know, music touring. And he got... Um, Sponsorship from MTN, this is Dojo's. Dojo, so Matthew, even Matthew Hill, this that's um, Industry Night. Uh, yeah. Industry Night. So we were all like on the same team, another one of my friends and myself. And Tech was still in um, Amsterdam at the time. But um, mm-hmm. I sort of told him that if he ever came back, that you know, he should jump on, like, and just go, like, we could use him because, you know, he was into, like, he, had a, he was working at Cisco, so figures, and he, had a, he also had a business mind as well. So we weren't even thinking of rapping when I came back to Nigeria. But so it was when um, we started doing this Two Face tour. So that's the first thing we did. That's when I met Two Face, and um, we did the Two Face tour. And I came back in the middle because I had to move. I had to go back to England while while they while they were setting up. So I came back, and they had already they had been in the middle of the tour. So I jumped back in, and um, I was just really learning, you know, what they like, like networking and everything, because. Um, I had no experience in that, but the idea, the um, the idea of being able to, you know, socialize and network with these Nigerian artists mm. at the time that were, you know, South Sultan, Two Face, Nice, Neto C, you know, yeah. Nekao, you know, all these people that the people who are on, on these tours, you know, so and then we travel around Nigeria, Kaduna, Nasarawa, you know, all these places that um, that I had never been to before. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was it was it was exciting for me. So it just happened all of a sudden where I think I was either Two Face or South or Time were doing mic checks, and the band was playing. And uh, I think I just started rapping to I think I think yeah I think without myself or Tech were rapping to each other back and forth, or I was just rapping to the instrumentals. And then you know, so Time was like ah yeah, so you can rap. I was like yeah, bro, <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah, but this is like I'm, I'm just you know trying to be a responsible young lad. <laughs> but yeah, like do I like you know this guy? You should man, yeah, you can rap. Or you should you know try it, man. So started doing some some of that, you know, um, working with um, and Town so Town Town so Town was one of the first people that actually you know got in the studio with myself and Tech and was like you know yeah that's a song called that that was supposed to be on the Dreamer Party but never got on it. It's called Satifutifu. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so we did the songs out on town on there. So a lot of people, like, you know, used to go to Festac regularly. You know, that was like the hub back then. Mm. We used to go to Festac regularly, you know, link up with people. 
met um, Joan Law, you know. They even did a song with Joan Law called Atta Rodo that never came, never saw the light of the mm-hmm. world. You know, so, we, so, I mean, that's where, like, it all came from. We came, I came back to, to start that business and it all just, like, merged into um, the Show Them Camp movement, mm-hmm. you know, and then we just started doing things from there. But that was where, you know, that was where it all started from. Okay. Okay, so... um. Tech said something about he talked he talked uh, about the like this business I just mentioned like mm-hmm. he talked about it like not in great detail but he he touched on it a little bit and he said um, if I remember correctly he said everything seemed to be going well then but at some point like uh, things went barely up you know um, mm-hmm. like so w- what really happened to what happened to that business um, well basically the business plan didn't really wasn't really sustainable. And um, also, like, we were trying to balance, you know, that, like, the, the touring the, the touring business was supposed to be something that would be able to fund, what well, was well, the idea, was it, the touring business was supposed to be something that would be able to fund us, you know, doing music. So, yeah. uh, there were two guys, like, Matthew, Matthew, like, sort of, like, you know, stepped out, you know. I think mm-hmm. he, him and one of, like, him and my guy had a falling out. Like, we're, we're all cool now, but they had a falling out at the time, so... Yeah, everybody like sort of like split ways. In fact, it was most of us are split ways, but we were still like talking and everything. But the so the business itself, you know, we were writing proposals, we were looking for sponsorship, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. um, it, uh, the business itself just wasn't sustainable because I don't think we were mature enough to handle the responsibilities that were that we were supposed to be. You know, I suppose that mm. I came with you know doing that kind of business. Like you know, you had to like grind out a lot of yeah. things, like, you know, and then go a lot of time. You know, since you're, if you're much an entrepreneur, you know, you have to go a lot length of period without money coming in, and it can be frustrating for the parties involved, especially when you know everybody had different situations. Some people had girlfriends, some people had yeah. kids. So I mean, like I, like I had a kid on the way as well. So like that, that okay. part I, I was trying to think of. So, so SDC still like was was like I've got we're all guys like the, the show that camp woman was like a pet project for us. It wasn't really mm. business, it was uh, like love. So um that that was what kept us together. But the um the mm. business, the um kind of the um Dojo's brand, that sort of like that didn't take um shape anymore. So the war side okay. more on the show that camp movement. I think it was okay. just life that really got in the way, basically. Yeah. Yeah, imagine, imagine. Um, he also spoke in great detail about the journey to, you know, in quotes, take it, right? Um, cause I, I, and according to him, uh, one of the key motivators uh, for him to keep, like, show them camp going or moving was in his head, like, when he had moments of doubt, like, he would look at it like, you know what, like, even if I don't think I am dope, like, even if he didn't think tech was dope, like, in his opinion, yeah, he thought you were one of the best rappers he had ever seen. So, you know, um, mm. if for nothing else, like he thought the world needed to like hear ghost, you know. So, but looking at you know how you both of you, of course, had the same timeline. Like, what was your own driving factor? First of all, like uh, I'm not even sure what exactly. It is that I can make promises to myself. And, mm. you know, even with tech, like, I, I, I'm the one that convinced him to move to Nigeria. You get me? So, it wasn't something that I was trying to, like, you know, say, like, you know, you know, because he had a good job, you know, and um, I'm sure people are saying that, you know, this guy, um, yeah, leaving this totally good job, good pay, you know. And, yeah. You know, why you go to Nigeria? And you like, you know, my guy is able to rap. <laughs> yeah, that's so... Mm. I know. I mean, obviously, he he loved rap as well. It's not like if um, it was just because of me. Like he wanted, he had, he wanted to do, it. he wanted to pursue the passion that he had. But I've always felt like if you know, I don't want. I, I, if I I can't feel myself, and I also can't feel tech because like um you know like I know that I was one of the mo- motivating factors for him to move back to Nigeria. So um, mm-hmm. I always like um, that, that even the song we did that you know never. I don't think I'm not sure if it came out. It's like just around the corner, you know, like, um, mm. I always just kept it going because I always, uh, even from all, most of our songs, like, it's sort of um, belief and speaking it into existence that um, keeps us going, like, and then you have small wins that, you know, 
Mm. Okay, yeah, this person heard my song today, or they, they played it on the beat, or so, you know, like yeah. doing okay. Like, you know, I know the money isn't coming in right now, but you know, we're paying our dues, and you have to pay your dues. You understand? Mm. So, the only issue that we had, you know, was the fact that actually we actually got a break because um my guy's popsy who um was like the owner of the dojos that he he's um his popsy actually believed in us as well. So he actually for mm. a year he actually said he was going to cover some of the cost of our business of our Australian camp business. But it was after mm. after that year, you know, we had you know, it was part of the learning curve. We didn't know exactly how to manage these funds. And um, that's part of the reason why um dojos and you know all of us play because we sort of like we could, we, had, we made a plan like tech and I are gonna handle the creative and coffee look and to, we also are gonna handle like the business aspect. But we, you know and then you know that we were sort of like you know we was you know, we felt like if we we were um, putting our, all our creative energy and all our creative resources into it, but we weren't seeing the um, the business aspect. But in hindsight, mm. like we, you know, I think is that you know, you know, these things take time. There's a lot of um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that need to go to place. And we and also we were very stubborn. Like we weren't willing to like pay people to play our songs and all that shit. Mm. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Can I swear? Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Please. <laughs> so yeah, so we were willing to pay for our songs, and you know, we will meet people and be like, okay, yeah, do what we can manage you for. They're like, no, we didn't want to do that. And um, some like we had all, all sorts of ideas. Even um, like like the guys even tried to they even they did they got a, a shop in Alaba to avoid you know being played and selling our video, selling our own CDs and having our own shop there. But mm. that one is a a cartel, yeah. So you have to you have to check carefully and everything. So I mean, I would say that I mean I don't know if um, it's about tech talking about you know we need to see these guys need to hear goes like both of us really wanted um wanted it to work and um, because there were so many you know we had that fighting spirit in terms of there are so many people who thought we would fail and um, mm. you know just the um. Like now, it's like like it's like the journey. Like it's, it's like it's sort of like you know, yeah. You can just sigh a little bit, you know. Like, mm -hmm. At yeah. least, guys, you know, guys, you know, I'm in the in terms of musical history in Nigeria. You know, guys can say, okay, Ghost and Tech were here. Yeah, that's that. yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's that's the that's the gratification we get. Okay. Okay, so but before we move on from this, um, I just have one more question as regards. So, like, um, so the the business isn't the business when I, the touring business isn't uh, you know isn't viable anymore. No, um, SEC is not necessarily bringing in any you know a lot of funds or isn't isn't really working out. Wasn't really working at that time, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but what were you doing? Because you mentioned earlier that you know um, with the touring like, when you guys were setting up the touring business, you had uh, a baby on the way, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, what were you doing to keep the lights on, you know, when all these things were happening? Um, there, like I said, there were some side hustles that, you know, guys can't really speak on. But my mother left me a property that um, okay. I could, um, I used, like, I used, um, instead of living in the property, I rented it out. And then I asked yeah. that I now got into property as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so that was another, you know, another thing I used to do to, I did, to um, get funds. But it was something that you know was it's in an estate, so I don't like it. Mm. Could just pull any, so it's not like if I had any um, availability of cash on demand. But it's something that there was as at the end of the day, I had a safety net. First of all, it was was our own property, so I couldn't live there. It was too big, so I rented it out. Mm. And but okay. the, the funds were supposed like that's what I said. It was a trust fund that were going into um, for my kids. So uh, okay, my daughter at the time. So um, and that was where I know I had like you know I get like one fifty k, stretch that off you know and everything. And then when my daughter came, like I got more control and I had more um, um, understanding of how the business run. So I mean, mm. at that time we had we had actually started getting some some gigs but the, the only issue about the gigs is that we had to split the money four ways <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah it wasn't really yeah like, guys were still ah you know what's going on you know people are living with their parents and ah 
Well, it was a period of like, bro, man, I, I like almost giving up, but you know, that, that it's, uh-huh. all in the, it's all in the bars, to be honest with you. If, if people um, actually do get uh-huh. to stumble on a lot of the things that we did earlier on, it's all in the bars, like we, uh-huh. we put it out in there. So, like, guys, so what I did, there was like a few side hustles, you know, uh-huh. okay, and um, and property. Okay, so um, you um, you talked about your daughter being born earlier, like um, mm-hmm. and and I remember um, uh, I think it was on Clone Wars two, um, I think it was the last track, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, just in case, yeah, um, where you talked <laughs> about um how the birth of your daughter changed your life, um, you know, can you can you tell me about that? I mean, it was sort of like uh, you know when I can't remember. We had a nice line that um, you know when some somebody passes and another another life begins. You know, for me it was like yeah. um, like when my daughter was born, it was like a it, it was a big blessing for me because I, as in I that before that point in time I never had to take care of anybody but myself. And you know when yeah. you, um, when you learn to love someone more than yourself, it, it changes you. Like it changes mm-hmm. your um, perspective on you know on thinking solely on yourself and being selfish and having another 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 life that that you are responsible for up until a certain age i mean for life actually but you know they have to be mm. responsible for themselves at a certain point in time but um yeah i mean it, it completely changed my outlook and my in terms of rap like it like truly like I, I i i told myself that you know guys are going to become you know on the next level and also it influenced how i wrote music like i could like i you know a lot of the times i don't want to put a lot of the personal too much of the personal stuff into the music but mm-hmm. at, at that point in time i like i sort of developed um a different way of exercising my pen that you know flowed better with mm-hmm. me so i was able to express myself mm-hmm. better my mom, I, um, my mother's name was Toyin, and I named my daughter after her. And I just felt like mm-hmm. this was just a blessing from God, and it, and it really has been. And um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing more. I don't, I don't know what what else I can say, but you know, mm-hmm. my daughter, my daughter's been like, like even with terms of family, bringing some people together, and you know, like it changed a lot of things. Mm, can imagine. Um, yeah, yeah, but okay. So, like from what you've. Um, from what you've explained or from what you just told me, like it sounds like you kind of settled down and had a family or started a family quite early, right? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I did. I did quite early. Actually. Yeah, so, yes, but so how how, how did that, uh, or, okay, let, let me rephrase the question. Did that in any way, like, um, affect um, your, like, your rap career or, you know? Yeah, I mean, at the time, you know, late nights, studio nights, clubbing nights, you know, I mean, that affected family. Yeah, mm. because I, I, everyone knew, everyone who came up always knew that, you know, this was my, this was my hustle, this is my grind. Like, I know, mm. like, I mean, family first, but like, for me, like, you have to have something that inspires you and uh, as a human, you have to have something that you feel is your, like, is your, I don't know your calling, you know, mm-hmm. your calling sort of like um, trumps almost all things in terms of mm. you know like it's something that is spiritual, but like um, it affected my um, rap, my um, my rap career because creating a balance, you know, there are some things that I couldn't go to, like there are places I couldn't go, to, like I had to be in the crib mm. you get me and also there are a lot of things going on in, in terms of like family issues at that point in time that went fully like it wasn't like for everything was rosy at that point in time you get me yeah maybe there were a lot yeah. there were a lot of different things going on that you know affected my rap career and you know the guys thank, thankfully were were very understanding you know like this guy just you know just make sure you write those bars, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Mm, but yeah. You know, it definitely affected a lot of things. And I was a lot of like gigs I couldn't go to. At um, you know, at one point in time, one of my guys actually uh, impersonated me <laughs> at the show. Yeah. I, I swear to God, yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying not to laugh. 
beats like that. This guy, was, <laughs> you know, he was actually a legend in the street, so but nobody will, nobody will for real, that. yeah. So, like, we just um, so it was one of my guys who plays Wiggly, but like I said, like, they they uh, it's something that you know, all of us, um, sort of um. Like we all used to talk like that to each other. So any of us mm. could play regularly at one point in time, you understand? So I was saying, like you know, it's it's, it's something it's something that people just need to. Um, but the, the actual character, he he said he doesn't want to be known, so we just kept it just kept it like that. Mm. Otherwise, we wouldn't okay. have to selling it. But Wiggly is like, so we no, we even asked him now to come on to on the thing was on the Clone Wars four. We asked him for any like. The guy, you know, guys are trying to give them business minds. So we said, and the guy said, how far, how much? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, when the people are asking us, we're like, man, Wiggly, don't blow. You can't, you can't talk to him anymore. But he was definitely, yeah. he definitely, like, um, the character Wiggly is definitely um, an embodiment of all our frustrations and the way we feel like if we should just be free. In this Nigeria, that's who Wiggly is. So Wiggly mm-hmm. says and does anything. You know, he's just he's just like um the he's just the the guy basically that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so 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 quick one there. Uh, um, so the the skits like the Wiggly the Wiggly skits uh, are they scripted or like is all, it like a hundred percent improv like, like it's off the top? It's just natural. They're not scripted. You know, they just we just he just he just come in. He just like there are a lot of them like the. Abramovich and uh, Abramovich and you know that different we, we just developed those characters so mm. so there's Abramovich and um, Matadori <laughs> so mm. you know, like Tech was Matadori I was Abramovich and then we were talking to Wigile and all of us used to do these things um, like generally when we're talking to each other or even when we're you know just joking around because we're impersonating different things man so it just those, mm. those things just from you know, being guys and talking to you, the way we used to yeah. do that all the time in the ride when we're going to the show or blazing up before the show and all that. That's how we used to just yarn, just ease tension, mm. and just you know, catch trip. That was our own way. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. None of it, none of it was scripted. Like we never wrote anything down. Yeah, like all that stuff where you hear somebody laughing or like it was, it was, yeah. it was just live and you know, Icon would be like, he's not cutting any of it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I personally always look forward to like those wiggly skates. Yeah, um, like at some point, at some point, to be honest, I even started seeing some of the scenes that um, you know wiggly. Like I heard wiggly seeing some of these tracks, like uh, like yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's not, you know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just very sticky. No, but you that that, that's that. You understand? That's not how the guy, the person that's, that plays wiggly. That's not how the guy speaks. So you understand? Mm. Is that is how the person is impersonating speaks? And this guy, I swear to you, so imagine, so imagine you talking to Wiggly. I think uh-huh. he's a crazy guy, but if you actually met the real guy, you would run mad. This guy, is it, for real? Like, yeah, uh, haggle. This, 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 this is how Wiggly speaks. Haggle. Okay. Basically, okay. You know, his normal way of speaking is just. Oh man! You guys are giving him money. He was asking for, you know, put him on clothes for man. This guy, just or like create a show for the guy or something like on Instagram or I don't know. Like this guy, we need it. We need it. Like, like, if he was, he, he doesn't want to do it. Like it's like he told me that could have been like like uh, like you know how you have like like Lassisi. Like he's really. Mm-hmm. He could have been like that, bro. Like he's yeah. hilarious, hilarious. Yeah. So, okay. but never happened. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah. So, moving forward, um, that year, right? In my own opinion, right? It felt like you guys were heaving like a sigh of relief, or like just like letting out pent up energy, and you know, like it seemed like it seemed like you guys were basically just letting everything out, basically, right? Mm-hmm. on on that year right um so because previously like different tracks like you you guys had like there were different like there were nuggets of these things in like you know embedded in different songs but like that year was just a hundred percent man guys this is what we've been through this is how hard it's been mm-hmm. you know we're glad we're here here's to the future and like one part that really touches me is um because tech has spoken to me about it before um mm-hmm. but like you you, you it seemed like cobain's death 
like was a pivotal moment for yeah, you know, it was. It for was. you, right? You know, can can you tell me about that? I mean, it was a pivotal moment for for, for all of us. So. But um, like Cobain was a big student camp supporter. He's somebody like like this. Like I said, there's a a group that in university started tech and tech was in a group with him rapping. That's and mm. but you know, but I'd known him. I've known I'd known Cobain since I was like. I don't know, ten years old, something like that. So, oh, wow. yeah, I known him for a long time. His, his parents and my parents were were close. So I used to he used to live not too far away from me in Kedja. So we went to the same secondary school, you know. Then we came to uni, same went to the same uni, and um, so he's been and he's always been a supporter. And then you know he was also one of those people who when when he moved back to Nigeria was looking to find his way and at that mm. at the moment at the point where he passed you know he had just broken the barrier into you know you know to being like successful that's how mm. he was like um he had he had finally popped for us mm. that's what we that's what we call like the guy had nah, the guy Gopin has blown that's that and, and so um his his uh, untimely demise was a very huge blow to all of us in terms of you know, understanding that, first of all, the loss of a friend that young, apart from my mom, see, I don't think I've ever felt a pain that much before that. Mm-hmm. You understand? So, like, he also hits home, like, your your mortality hits home. And um, mm-hmm. then the fact that, you know, you know, Cobain always stood for, you know, the fact that the children can't need to continue this uh, movement, like, that was also a pivotal moment in terms of us actually pursuing it, you know, and um, mm. not, never giving up. So, like, I know for all of us, well, all of us that were involved in Shudan Camp, like, Kupin is definitely somebody that definitely changed the way we we thought about life. You understand? Mm. The mind definitely changed the way we thought about life because we're such a, to have such a, um, a, a spirit around you and then mm. for it to be gone, you know, it, it definitely changes. You lose a part of, you know, mm. like I said, you get more aware of, you know, timing and the importance of doing things that you actually want to do and um mm-hmm. fulfilling your dreams and all the, all in all in, in all aspects of life so definitely a, a pivotal point and for me i mean i'm speaking person i know it was for all of us but for me definitely like i was like you know what life is too short man you guys have to do what you do what you want to do and then you know just pray for the best man yeah I particularly like the end of that video where you know Tech, uh, you know, asked him, "Oh, how do you feel about Shudan Camp being in Abuja?" You know? <laughs> and he said, "Oh, yeah, he had to leave that. Those guys were whack." You know? Like right. I always laugh whenever I watch that part. Yeah, yeah. That's how the guy was. So also on that, yeah, you, you know, he talked about um, like focusing on yourself um, and building your chi. Yeah. You know, um, can can you remember some of the exact things you did? You know. Uh, oh yeah, like um, like like that's what I said. I, I think I even said it that like I like build myself. Had to turn it. Had to cut a few players of the team. You know. Then, um, mm-hmm. like you know, not not in terms of like not like in terms of just like distancing myself, and in terms of like you know, I had to like focus on on, on energy. So I like yeah, I used to meditate. Um, I started exercising more, you know, even though I used to play basketball a lot, but I was still, you know, not in the shape I wanted to be. So, like, I I lost a lot of weight that year. Mm. And um, so I was feeling healthier, you know, and then I focused on, like, you know, I was reading a lot of, of little books. I was reading about Nigeria, you know, um, definitely, you know, my pen game, I just, like, side side, like, you know, Going in, trying to going into trying to develop, like um, not just only being able to rap because I think that, you know, I I think I I know that I can rap, but in terms of like creating projects that, you know, speak speak to this speak to your society and are true to yourself on the whole on on the whole, you know, hmm. I think I like I sort of try, started to develop that during that period of time you know after after that period like when i when i went into self 
you know, and, and you know, just knowing more about yourself in that period of time, like um, like I said, the meditation, basketball, like I was on regiments, bro. Like until mm. so this pandemic, like I used to play ball like three times a week, still. Mm. Then the uh, obviously that um, weight loss stuff had to fade now. Guys still get them belly gang back. But um, yeah, like reading, you know, like I like lock myself away in a room for like people are like they know me in my crib like, like sometimes if I need to get away from people I just give them toilet. I, I lock the door mm. so then I'll just zone out for like an hour or two, you know, just uh, do my stuff. So like there's a there's a like when you're talking about lines, like there's a time I, I was sitting on the toilet seat when I wrote this so sick within all the shit giving me ulcers. You know, now like this is that literally lines I came up with on the toilet. <laughs> As that and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely what I did, man. I just had to really take a step back. I cut people off. You know, was more selfish in terms of my um, with who I shared my um, energy with, and um, hmm. you know, some people, some people understood it, some people didn't, and I think it was for the best. Hmm. I understand, man. Hmm. Um, okay, so you, you've been back in Nigeria for for a while now, at least like thirteen. Yeah, thirteen plus years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, so what's been what's been some of the experiences that you know have shook your faith in in music or in Nigeria? <laughs> music, you know, in Nigeria, like you know, music. No, uh, what I say, shook my faith pres- in music or shook my faith in Nigeria as a country. <laughs> no, no, shook your faith in Nigeria as a country. Ah. Everything that I go to day today shakes my faith as in Nigeria as a country, bro. Like, there are so many things that happen on a daily basis in Nigeria that you'd be like, man. I have been, I, I don't know, like, uh, um, the things that I put, like I said, most of them are in the bars. Like, I've been robbed at gunpoint. Um, my car. Oh, wow. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, robbed at gunpoint. Stolen. I think that was in, that was in a song called um, Love Niger. Tell that to the dude with the guy that snatched up my whip. Yeah, that, like the guy. Oh, for real? Yeah, like uh, two guys, two guys came through gunpoint, snatched me up. You understand? But the, luckily, I, funny enough, the story is I actually got that car back after a year. The car came back. Oh, wow. So, you know, so all those things are in, in the music. But um, Nigeria, like, there's been so many things. Like, even in terms of people, you know, the way mm. like, the way people think, like a lot of like the mind state is just so like um. Crab, crabs in a barrel, like you pull, you're pulling each other down, you know. And it's, it's mm. sometimes you are, I, like I understand it to a certain extent when I think back on it, but when you're going through it, you don't, you know. As that, mm. um, you know, people pulling each other down in terms of music, like when you're trying to get in, and you know, they are generally reaching out to people, like in terms of showing love, but the, the person might think they are trying to steal their shine, or you know, yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm not trying. To, I'm, I'm trying to shine. I'm not trying to shun. You understand? But mm. you know, it, it's just the way it is in Nigeria. And um, I, I mean, I, I guess in, in a lot of places, to to a certain extent. But to me, it's glaring in Nigeria, Lagos especially. I mean, you know, the the mind state of a lot of people here, and, and also the government. Me, me, like my mom, she was in government as well, so I know a little bit about government structure and how what goes on behind the lines and i'm like man this this is just terrible so that's one of the things that help us you know in terms of music to vent frustrations out and that that the clone wars projects became to be came to be sorry okay awesome so um let's let's move away from like like darker subjects or something (laughs) yeah so Uh, you know i actually thought of a, a bar now have you heard have you heard um crown um that's uh what's his name aq's album loose cannon and aq yeah i think i have um i can't remember the exact lines okay no i can't even now i mean now that i said i remember the story i now even lost the the bar um when it comes okay yeah when it comes to this rap game most of these cats are just acting so from the start i pick them apart call the casting on dark nights, I embark flights. My mind's bat wing. So you legal shadows can hold a candle to this black king. To this, yeah. You legal shadows can hold a candle to this black king. Yeah. So like those kind of things, like, um, oh, man. there was another line that was a Steve line. 
Steve Kerr, there was a relation to Steve Kerr and um, the other guy, Steve. Um, oh my goodness, I've forgotten the bar, bro. Anyway, <laughs> a while ago, but those are the, those are some some hidden songs that a lot of people like. If unless they, you know, read like the people who are rapping with, like those are rapper rappers, mm. like you understand? They're not. There are some lines that are just for rapper rappers. Like, like that, mm. it's for it's for other rappers, not for like in general. Like other rappers will be like, okay, well, other people who are into rap to a certain level. Yeah. Ah, okay, that guy did that there. But people who just listen to it casually will be like, okay, yeah, I like mm-hmm. his flow, I like his voice, so you know, yeah. don't really listen to the lyrics. So sorry, man, I sorry, yeah. I just came up, man. So go on. Yeah, no, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. So I, I was going to say, like, um, I know Tech is a Nas fan, right? But mm-hmm. you love, you, like, you. You're a Jay-Z fan, right? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so, um, like, I think everyone who knows me, anyone who follows my Instagram will know, like, the amount of love I have for uh, for Jay, right? Um, so, I wanted to ask, because I, I, I remember when I fell in love with Jay-Z, it was, um, it was volume, volume one in my lifetime, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when did that happen for you? Like, what album um, can you, I don't know if you can remember. From the, it was from the first, his first album. From reasonable, wow, reasonable doubt. Yeah, was for real. Doubt, man. Like reasonable doubt. Like the like, I, like I was saying, because I you know from ready to die to, to I started absorbing a lot. Like the Big L, you know, I heard him freestyle with Big L as well. So there are a lot of things that, but at that time, Jay Jay wasn't even rapping the way he was now. But when I heard yeah. their presidents, you know, what I'm saying? I was like, bro, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, um, that's a uh, that's some ish right there. To me, I think I think um, my favorite Jay Z albums are Reasonable Doubt, um, Black Album. Um, mm. Mm, what 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 other album is my favorite one? Like I, I mean, I love all of them, but if I would say like, you know, that there's certain aspect of Jay that's me, I just love the like for me, Reasonable Doubt is a, an all time classic. Like there's no, like the, 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 there's no, I don't think there's anything that touches it. I don't think I don't think Black Album touches it. You know, in terms of lyricism, I don't think. But in terms of like the, the what the album stood for, Black Album was like probably, you know, one of my favorite albums. But Jay, yeah, all all his albums, yeah, even the um, the one that when I was going at Cameron, what was what's that one called? But with the one that I to me, I don't even I don't even put Jay Z on in terms of albums. Because there's so many mm. songs, like there's always there's a song, there's a song like like my my guy Luce Luce will always say that that for every situation in life, there's a this song that talks about that. <laughs> yeah, that. Like you, you know, there's a this song for it. Yeah, so it's like mostly although projects are that stand out for me, like there's so many things that Jay says, like that we just mm. to life in general, like that that makes him the goat for me. Nas is a, Nas yeah. is a goat, but me I'm just not for all the. Like like for this like this new Nas now I have to like really like what is Kimi disease now I have to go and research the stuff you know that yeah. you guys have to yeah. you know for Nas you have to really ah, bro you have to really know what's what's going on and then he's um apart from like for Nas I mean I I just like I like um his comeback album you know the Yomatic the Stillmatic obviously Yomatic mm. you know but other than that man. I like the uh, Street Disciples, you know. I like the Lost Tapes, you know. Those are yeah, those I are my Nas, yeah, those are my Nas name. But other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm Jay. I don't want to hear. I don't yeah. want to hear. So yeah, Jay, Jay, Jay is just a god for me. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I think I think for for me, maybe I'm a bit biased now because you know it's relatively more recent. But I think my my uh, favorite Jay Z album would probably be Four Forty Four. Oh, yeah. Right, um, okay. yeah, because I, I, I think I think um, it's been what maybe two, three years now. I'm not quite sure anymore, and it, I think it's aged quite well um, compared to some of his other albums, like um, the one where he had uh, some deal with Samsung, where he pre-released the album on. Uh, oh, was no, that wasn't Black Album. Um, Holy uh, Magna Carta, Magna right? Carta, yeah, yeah, Magna yeah. Carta wasn't, yeah. Yeah, it didn't age very well. Uh, age but I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think for four forty four, I think we're just in a good place where it was more like, you know, what I just have these things to say. Like, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, yeah, it's all good, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, 
So all those things that he's been trying to say, you know, in various albums or various records, like drop nuggets here and there, like he just basically compressed everything in like 10 songs and just put it out. Yeah. You know, talk about his marriage, um, you know. His, yeah, but that's for me, like you said, you're a bit bad because you're, you're a Jay-Z fan. So you wanted to get more into the, the, um, the life of Jay-Z. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. But me, like a lot of the times, like one one thing that happens when you start making music is that some a lot of the time you miss out on being a fan, and you are like looking at you are looking at um, technique and looking at um, you know samples he chose, you know, like mm. flow pattern. So you absorb that you're absorbing. The music differently so that's one of the reasons yeah. why um like reasonable doubt always like because for me i can listen to reasonable doubt today like can i live and that's the same thing yeah. like for 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 black for black album like you know like allow me to reintroduce myself like that's just a mood for like yeah. you know, when you want to boss yeah. up in the morning you know like that's yeah. you know I mean? like it, it's forever <laughs> yeah so, like those are the things that, that that i like so like for but for in terms of like the personal connection with Jay Z, I would say, yeah, the four forty four is a yeah. album that you know definitely gets me more connected to Jay. But in terms mm-hmm. of like me, the, me, I, I, I like to keep Jay on that untouchable legend status. I don't want to know him. I want, I just want him to be good. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be there. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So like, I, I, okay. Um, okay, just for we round up, there's one question I've always wanted to ask, but I don't think I ever got to ask Tech. Um, but you know, why were you not on popping again? Like, what happened? They recorded, they had recorded, first of all, let me tell you what happens a lot of time. Okay, when Sparks and Tech are cooking up, um, or actually, when Sparks cooks up beats, who first of all send it to Tech, when it's pan wine, first of all, cook up mm. the beat, we send it to Tech. If it's close words, we cook up the beat and send it to me first so that's the order that's how things normally happen so this one is he cooked up the beat he sent it to tech i think tech sent it to Odusi and uh, and budge and they all came up with that stuff immediately Do you understand so by the time he had sent it mm. to me like i was already late to the party and the jam was already mm. complete did you not hear it mm. <laughs> yeah, so me, i just thought that man this guy, there are already three people on this song to me, it's the stuff sounds like what am I going to add to this? That's not that doesn't it just doesn't make you know for me. I just didn't think that I it needed my voice on it. Like I, I really, I really like the song, but I just mm. liked it the way it was. I just felt like if adding more time to it would ruin the, the flow and everything. I was like, okay, bro. If I let's say I I I put my voice down, I could have said, eh, no, they must keep my voice. I don't care how long it is, but nah. Yeah. But when they sent it to me, like it was, I, I was like, bro, this shit. He's banging the way it is, bro. I'm not gonna lie, mm-hmm. and that's the reason, man. That's yeah. The reason. Yeah. So um, okay. So uh, I just uh, something just popped into my head. Um, uh, the animated video um for the <laughs> track with the uh, Burner Boy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, like in a part of the video, like you could see Tech running away from like groupies or like a groupie chasing him, yeah. right? You get a lot of female attention, like you know just going through Twitter or Instagram or whatever, like the feedback on, on the Show Them Camp Instagram page, like, man, babes, I was like, ah, man, that ghost, when he starts, you know, uh, rapping yeah, or whatever, his voice, I just want to throw. <laughs> so, I just wanted to ask, like, how do you cope with all that female attention? Yeah, I said all that female attention. I don't think you know who Tech Dad is. <laughs> no, I know Pawai Papi, like. <laughs> you don't know who Pawai Papi is. Eh? You got ghost the ghost in that whole arena, bro. Maybe they were just there. That's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of, if it's female attention, like, it mostly comes, like, yeah, like, I like I like his voice and everything, but the real attention is Pawai Papi. Yeah, so, so, me, I don't have to deal with anything because me, I'm just, you know, private on Twitter, on yeah. Instagram anyway, so. You know, I just I see some of the scholars and I'm like, you know, nah, that's nice. At least, at least people are even noticing guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like so, uh, with all the attention. These guys are not serious. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that from the that's how that from the outside that's how it looks. Anyways, so um, another random question just popped into my head. Um, what is like? Can you, like, what's the love you have for uh, what's her name, Erica Badu? Like, ah, yeah. It's a spiritual stuff. 
Yeah, this guy can't understand. You know she follows me on Twitter. We have a connection. For real? Yes, man. Oh, yeah, I, I think your, you your Twitter you handle at some point was... Uh, yeah. when, 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 so it has something to do with her. No, my, my, my Twitter handle is, is, has always been King Lou. But what I'm saying is that okay. we are connected spiritually. You understand? And that is, in terms of only, not only music, but I mean, I just love her whole energy. But mm. as a, and being a rapper, I feel like if, you know, I felt like if, if we got together, you know, it would now solidify my rap status as a great MC. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, she, yeah. Really, she really goes with good. So, uh, mm. but yeah, I first started following guys, you know, you know, I just, I just allowed that to slide for a little bit. But yeah, man, we're cool. Me and Erica, we're yeah. people. No, I've loved her. I love mm. her music. I love her vibe for, for, for the longest time. She's like one of my, mm. like, Erica Badu, Jill Scott, Lauren Hill. You know, mm. those are like my, my what's some of my faves. You hear me? So, mm. definitely Erica. You know? Okay. Yeah. But, uh, so, um, Erica, if you're listening, man, you get me? You know, <laughs> I, I hope know she is, is, man. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so looking back at everything that's happened, like you know, and how far you've come, right? Would you say um, it was due to hard work or luck? Um, see, um, I don't, I, I don't want to say that we haven't. Like, I don't know about luck. You know, I definitely know that persistence has, has definitely been a key. Um, it's like dedication to what we, to the the craft, the arts, and to ourselves. So um, I think definitely sometimes you know, like luck might play a factor. Unforeseen, unforeseen circumstances might play a factor in it. But I think the in most cases, in, in the, to to the to the to the best of my knowledge, you know, um, it's been a combination of a lot of dedication to. Actually, moving this brand to taking it to the next level. We got. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to even think about things that we got lucky with. You know, mm. I mean, I guess we're lucky that we knew, we're lucky that we we um got into the like I like I mean I know somebody in um Beat FM, you know, so I don't have to like I when I send the track into Beat FM, I never. I don't even think they do that there, but. I'm not getting anybody in trouble. So, um, mm. yeah, send my music that I never had because I used to go through him. You know, I just put they, they were just like, if I had a new song, if they if were feeling it, they played on that thing. I never had to pay yeah. any payola. And not, luckily, like most of the time, people who we mess with musically have been people that just, you know, you know, tend, tend to vibe with. You know, mm. like we, we vibe with Bud, we vibe with Ajay uh, Butter, we vibe with um, MI, we vibe with... Yeah, people just naturally vibe with. So, I mean, mm. and, you know, we've been on a few projects, you know. I mean, I think those are those... When you see that some things just align, I think that's the luck. But I think yeah. you have to put in the groundwork in order to get, yeah. you know, get those alignments. So, yeah, yeah. definitely more uh, lean towards dedication in that sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like, Ghostman. Like um, this, this uh, conversation has been very enlightening. Like there's so many things that, uh, <laughs> so many blanks have been filled for me, man. And I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Man. I hope so, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, it's been a great one. It's been a great one. Thank you very much for taking this time out to talk to me. Hey, thank you for taking time out to listen, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You can stay on top of new episodes by hitting the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast from and by also following the podcast on Instagram at Podcast. My name is Kelo and you can find me on Instagram at K-E-L-O-O-K-K. That's K-E-L-O-O-K-K. Until next week, keep pushing.